BCAD Blake James goes on sports radio and he does not come across well. We'll get into his comments and what it all means on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I apologize that this podcast is going out a little later than we expected. We had a little technical difficulties on our end. But today's show, we're getting into BC's AD, Blake James. He goes on WEEI on John Mita Perel's show on Sunday. And he had some comments to, to make that I think we need to address. Now, he was asked by the hosts about NIL and its impact on Boston College sports. And he got into a pretty long-winded answer about, you know, how he's up for, you know, people marketing themselves and making money off of themselves. He brought up Zion Williamson and some other uh, other examples. But then he gets into, he made a comment, and I think a lot of folks got really angry about it, and I totally get it, about uh, saying that we're not going to do that kind of stuff. And it was vague. It was not very uh, specific. And it left a lot of folks with a bad taste in their mouth. For someone who isn't on media all that much, Blake James has been kind of behind the scenes for the last two months as the AD at Boston College. This was not a good start to his regime. You do not want to go out there and say what he said. Basically, what he was getting at is he's coming from an AD's perspective here. He's looking at all this money that's going around on, in college football and saying, okay, well, first of all, there's all these states that have their own different rules. There's 50 states, 50 different rules. That's, a, that's something that a lot of schools have said. A lot of ADs have said that. And then the money piece, I think he's getting at as well. He's talking about SMU paying $30,000 or so to each of their players. You know, we're not going to get into that. You know, get a, his perspective, if we're going to take his, his, his brain here for a second, James is getting at, you know, as a AD, he is want he he his goal is for that money to cycle in through the boosters into the athletic department where they can then disperse it wherever they want. I'm guessing from his perspective, again, he wasn't very clear, so I'm only I'm only spitballing what, what he means because it wasn't a very good comment. Is that he wants that money to go in and, and not go through boosters to players? You know what I mean? Because he's afraid that school's going to lose money on that end. Whatever he was getting at. Whatever statement he was trying to make, it came across incredibly poorly. You know, you're in a very delicate situation right now at Boston College. You're in charge of a program that in the midst of all of this change in college football and college athletics is in a tenuous situation with, you know, realignment and conference stealing programs and the ACC struggling. BC needs to be in an aggressive proactive state right now they need to be on top of everything that they can do and if it's not paying players if that's not what you feel comfortable doing and you have another way of marketing it then say that don't come across and i thought he came across really poorly because all he said was we're not doing this and then you know he had a few other things and just saying you know we have the power of a boston college education that is condescending and I don't think it, it sells. I don't think it's going to sell. 
So you, as an AD, need to massage this to your listeners. Massage this to the fan base that are now mad because you said something that came across poorly, even if you didn't mean it to. Because Blake James is a politician. That is what an athletic director is first and foremost. They're a sports politician. They go between donors trying to get money. They, they send out messages uh, to their public so that they understand what's going on behind the scenes. So when you say something like this and it comes across the way it did, you failed as a politician. Because even if your program, if Father Leahy doesn't agree with this, you need to find a way to sell it to people that shows Boston College is doing things. Because BC is doing things. They are doing things in the NIL field here, folks. You know, Belle Smith, that women's lacrosse player, she just showed a picture off her with a brand new car from McGovern Auto. You know, Phil Jakovic and Zay Flowers got cars from McGovern Auto. There are opportunities there that they are using. They could absolutely do more. You know, they are, Boston College has such a rich uh, alumni base that are big in business that you could find and, and, and use all over the place to get these little funds here. If that's the case, but you need to tell them that if you're against the pay thing, whatever, that's your perspective. You can do that to, to, to James, right? But if you are doing things that are progressing BC and they're there, sell that, sell that more than what you're not doing. Because coming across like this doesn't matter to your program, that this is something you're not going to want to do comes across really poorly and i thought that what that one sentence you know tanked what was re, what what was otherwise a very vanilla blah press you know uh you know um interview he the rest of it you you could you could it was boilerplate stuff right he's oh the football team is really excited we're excited about basketball he did say that basketball is going to start practicing in the hogue pavilion i thought that was good um in in february and then it's going to be fully open next august so that was a Good little piece there. But for the most part, he was just saying the usual stuff. There was nothing there. But that one little sentence, that one sentence that he made destroyed every good piece of will that he may have had or any will he had. Because, you know, it's been a couple months and it's been hectic and you just don't see him anywhere. You see him, you know, he's on Twitter right now. You, you can follow uh, Blake James on Twitter. But, you know, he hasn't had that opportunity yet to, to make it sound like he's ready to take BC to that next level. And when you say something like this, all your fears, your worries are all realized because now you're hearing him say, oh, the rest of the world's going in this direction. But nope, we're not doing that. Well, how is Boston College going to sell themselves to recruits then? How is Boston College going to stand out against the programs that are doing this? And don't just tell me a value of an education because you'll get guys that do that. Believe me, I talked to recruits. Some of them will do that. But you want to have the complete package here. And it doesn't need to be this robust NIL deal that, you know, pays 30000 on top of your education and all that. Have a program that is comprehensive enough that you can sell that, that you could show recruits. Hey, look at what Christian Mahogany did or CJ Burton did or, you know, Prince Oligby, you know, you know, they have Prince Oligby pizza, Prince, Prince pizza in Saugus, you know, things like that. You do things like this. That's okay. You don't need to say the part the negative pieces out there. You can leave that part alone and not come across as not forward thinking for your program. It was, he's got work to do folks. This was not a good start to the James era. Um, and I hope, 
moving forward that, you know, when he's considering what he says to the public, what he says, he, he thinks more about how the, the fan base, the donors, the people with money are also thinking about this because there are, I'm sure that there is fans out there that want to donate and it's up to him. And, you know, I don't know what the gridiron clubs view is on this. I know there are a booster group that does fundraise for the program, but maybe that's a place to start right there. Maybe you start with the gridiron club and go from there. All right. In a moment, we're going to get into the offensive line and the offensive line has some answers that you're going to want to hear about as Jeff Halfley has announced that he has his starting five. Now, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite teams all on one site. Head on over to BetOnline for news on every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have got you covered. So head on online to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. With football season right around the corner, you can do overs and unders, you and NFL MVP odds, you name it, you can find it. Maybe get some of that Matt Ryan for MVP on. That might be a fun one to bet on. So head over to online where the game starts. All right. AJ Black here. We were talking about Blake James, but now let's get to more positive stuff because the Blake James news that that comment was frustrating enough. Let's get into some, some things that we're looking at in terms of the offensive line. Now over the weekend, BC held their second scrimmage again, Close to the media, so I don't know. Other than the comp, the couple paragraphs and comments that Halfley ha- brought out, you don't. You're not going to know anything specific. You're not going to know who's going to be starting on the offensive line. You're not going to know who really stood out other than a few plays that they put in in notes. That's just kind of how the, the that's kind of how the system works right now. So it's a little frustrating, but Halfley did give a nugget, and I think it's worth talking about this nugget heading into our next segment, and that's our offensive, the BC offensive line. Now, throughout the offseason, that has been the conversational piece heading into this 2022 season. It is the biggest concern, the biggest question mark. You don't know what you're going to get with this offensive line because they lost all five of their starters. Remember, four went to the NFL, and Christian Mahogany blew out his knee in the offseason. So five new starters. Then camp starts. You you hear rumors, and it's confirmed that Drew Kendall is hurt. They're, They're... uh, presumed starting center. Now, two nuggets came out of the press conference that we're going to talk about here. The starting five, according to Halfley, sounds like they're happy with who they have and they're ready to roll with the five that they've been using. Who that is? Again, it's Jeff Halfley. <laughs> he likes to keep that close to the vest. So if you're expecting answers on who's going to be the starter at 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 on the offensive line, good luck because you're not going to get it. <laughs> Until the Rutgers game. But guess what? That's only a week away. They usually release the depth chart on Monday or Tuesday next week. So we only got to wait another seven days to go until we find that out. But you're listening to me. So you're you're probably saying, AJ, I'm asking you, someone who covers the team, who goes to those practices, who you think the starting five are going to be. And I'm going to give you my answer right now. And that is uh, starting with the center. So the second update on the offensive line was that Drew Kendall has been back. He's practiced the last two days and he's been with the team. So that's good. He, you know, we heard Halfley say last week that he expected him to be ready to go, that he looked like he was, he was good to go. Now he is back. And I, I, for me, that, that strikes me as he's going to be good for Rutgers. There's two weeks to go before the game. 
if he's already practicing with the team, I really doubt they're going to sit him and put in a guy like Jackson Ness, who all no, no knocks on Ness at all. He sounds like he's a great kid who's projecting. Well, Drew Kendall needs to be the starting center. If he's ready to go, even if he's at 80 or 90%, put him in. So he's going to be your starting center. Who are going to be the tackles? Obvious, obvious, ob, not obviously Ozzy Trapillo, who a big six, eight, I mean, with cleats on, he is absolutely enormous. Uh, four-star left tackle. He's going to be out there. And then the biggest question is, will Jack Conley be the, the other tackle or will Kevin Klein be the other tackle? So those are the two guys you're going to want to watch for. If I was guessing, I'm going to guess that Kevin Klein gets kicked into guard and that Conley stays a tackle at this point. I just get that sneaking suspicion that that's what's going to happen. And then the two guards will be Klein and Finn Durstein. Now, Finn Durstein is a, um, a senior. He's been around this program for a while from Lawrence Academy. You have now four, four star, uh, three four-star recruits, Drew Kendall, Otto, Ozzy Trapillo, and Finn Durstein. You have Jack Conley, who was also highly recruited, and Kevin Klein, who I, I still think is, a, is an absolute steal that they recruited in 2019. What will they be like, though? That is the big question mark. And I think the defense, I mean, the offensive line coach, Coach Googs, he's got a lot of work ahead of him in terms of making sure this group is ready. I haven't heard any rumors of Phil Dracovic getting killed during practice or the running game not working. Heard good things about them. So I think, again, we go back to the, that word serviceable. I think this group is online to be serviceable in 2022. And that's a good sign. Now, uh, again, they during practice on Saturday and during their scrimmage, we got a chance to hear from Jalen Blackwell, who's another interesting character to talk about. Um, you, when you're talking football, you want guys that are violent on defense. You want guys that love to hit. If you want a night, a big explosive linebacker that is looking to to possibly jump up this year, look at Jalen Blackwell. He just he his comment. I think he, if I get the word the this phrase correctly, says I just love hitting people. I like to, I like to to hit. So I he's going to have a role here, and I, I was excited to get to hear him speak. Now I'm recording this on Monday morning. We have media day in just a little bit with 10 coaches and 10 players. So we get Jeff Halfley, Lokabu, uh, John McNulty, the offensive coordinator. And I get to talk to Googs for the first time. I'm really pumped about that. And Azar Abdul Rahim and Sean Duggan. And then the players, you know, it'll be interesting to talk to them too. I've talked to a lot of them already, but you know, maybe if Drew Kendall's there, I'll try to get a, some comments from him. Uh, Jakovic, you guys have heard Jakovic talk a million times. He doesn't really add <laughs> no offense to Jakovic. He's a good talk conversation person, but, you know, we've all heard him talk and a lot of the media that's going to be there are people who don't really cover BC regularly. So they're going to be asking questions from four weeks ago. So I don't expect a lot from the bigger names, but we'll get some, I, I, part of the fun I have at media day is getting to talk to some of those under the radar guys that maybe you want to know more about, right? I want, I can't wait to talk to Googs. I have not had a chance to talk to him one-on-one -on -one yet. Um, and we'll hopefully get a chance to do that. So that is our little update on the offensive line. Again, we will have depth chart uh, predictions up. We have one right now with Mitch Wolf, who is going to be on our show later this week to talk about uh, some players. And we'll have updates as, as much as we get them. If Halfway Brett mentions anything today, believe me, go to eagleinsider.com and we'll make sure to get it uh, up for you to, to, to know more about on our website. All right. In our final segment, we're going to switch it over to basketball. I want to look at the out-of-conference schedule that was released a couple of weeks ago. 
And I want to look at what should be a successful uh, record leaving out of conference uh, play. We'll look at the schedule and I'll give you what they need to do to get themselves ready for a potential tournament run in just a moment. Now, if you have not checked it out yet, we have the ultimate college football preview. So thanks again for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for ultimate college football preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Locked on Boston College, A.J. Black here. Now, we're talking B.C. and their out-of-conference schedule. Now, they have on their schedule uh, 11 games, possibly, yeah, 11 games they're going to play. And we are looking at what the Eagles need to do to get to the NCAA tournament. And you, you can, we'll, we'll get into later their ACC slate. What do they have to do there? But you look at the schedule. And you look at the teams that they play. What is a reasonable uh, record for them to set themselves up, to, you know, for a potential post-tournament run? Now, saying they they won, I think seven conference games last year, and you you know seven and eleven, you want to get about 20, 20 wins. You know, nineteen to twenty wins will probably get you close to the tournament. It'll put you right on the bubble. This schedule, I think, is made to, to really chew up some wins. Now, if you look at it, there's one, I mean, I'm going to say it right now, it, it, as close to an automatic loss as you're going to get, and it's no offense to BC. It's no offense to the players because, hey, they could they could pull off an upset here. But in the very likely loss category is going to be Villanova. You know, you're playing against a team that was in the Final Four last year. You're on neutral ground. It's, it's later in the season, so both teams will probably have a chance to kind of get things going. That is probably going to be a loss, but you look at the rest of the schedule, you look at who they're playing and I just see them. I see them chewing up wins here. You know, the, the other team that I think could be tough for them is Belmont in the, uh, in the paradise jam. If they play Belmont in that second round, which I think Belmont will beat Tarleton. Um, that will be a tough game. So that's another possible loss there, but every other game Cornell, You'll they'll win that Detroit Mercy win Maine win George Mason should be a good game, but I would I would tilt towards a win there at Belmont, and then you know they're gonna have another game if they win and lose if they win one of the Paradise Jam games and then lose the other one that's fine like you'd want to win the tournament you know get the trophy and all that but if they lose one that's okay so I'm looking at the second half and then I see Rhode Island who BC lost to twice. Um, but they're a team that is completely rebuilt this year. Like they are, they're like Frankenstein's monster folks. They, I think they have like nine transfers on their team or something crazy like that. I, you know, Archie man, Miller is a good coach, Archie Miller, excuse me, but is he good enough to get them going? I think BC's still a better team at that point. Nebraska's bad. They should win the ACC big 10 challenge game. New Hampshire's not, no, no problem. Stonehill is ch- chippy, but BC should win that. So in the end, when you look at the schedule, when you look at who BC has, you know, the the obvious like hope would be like 10 and 1 would be amazing, right? Like you that's not un, that's not unfathomable given the schedule. If you get past Belmont and you win that next game, whoever if it's Buffalo, Drake, whoever else they have to play, 
you win that game 10 and one looking at the schedule is not that far of a, uh, that far off of a possibility. And then on top of that, so you go 10 and one, you go nine and two. Those are your two. Those are two. Like I would say successes given the schedule. You, you get that record. You then just need to up your ACC play just a little bit because you won seven games last year. Just win 10, win nine or 10 games. You are now on the brink of making the tournament. You can even play better than that and lock yourself in. But I think if BC goes nine and two with this schedule or, or 10 and one, they are putting themselves in prime position to make the tournament. And, you know, you look at the RPI on this, the schedule other than Belmont, maybe George Mason and Villanova BC should be favored in all those games. They don't have a really tough schedule right now. That's that is setting up for success right there. I know it's not the most sexy schedule. You get Villanova. That's a fun game, but you win those games. You're looking good. And Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to to, to downplay their potential against Villanova. You win that Villanova game. Hello. You have your crown jewel of a uh, resume builder there, right? Like when you're, when you're talking in March, like, who has a marquee win, uh, you know, quadrant one win when you have Villanova as a, p- a potential win, then you're in, you're in great shape there, but you got to beat them. So I'm saying if BC wants to make the tournament, if BC is in good shape to do that, they need to go at least nine and two in the schedule. And is that possible? I think so. Do you agree with me? Hit me up in the comment sections below on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've, you know, we've been kind of changing up our looks to, to make it more attractive and adding images and stuff like that. Just hit subscribe. We just went over 400 subscribers. I'd love to get up to 500 soon. Uh, thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter. You can see my Twitter handle right there at AJBlack underscore BC or at LockedOnBC to get even more Boston College news and coverage. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.